You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. And I never thought that I was eligible for heaven. But I had purgatory at best. And when we went out to Colorado and I went to build in Alamosa, Colorado, people from Spain would send their people over to live there, come over here and they would do purgatory. They would live on the land and build their own, and that was purgatory. And that's where Mont Blanc is. It's a pretty cool place. And I ended up there. And then I found out the history and I started reading about it. I was going to build my place out there. It was called Purgatory Ranch. They believed that you could do purgatory while you were still alive, like on earth. Yeah. They go in to do their penance. It was a place of penance. And for me, it was like, get right with the mirror time, you know, and delve into really understanding and learning to live scripture because my best friend, partner in crime, we practiced breaking the commandments. His family was mob family. This is who gave me the Bible. And we went to Catholic school. He goes, no, I want you to read the Bible. Gave me a new King James, said, I want you to read it. When you're done, call me. And he was living out of his van because he went to New York. He was doing street ministry with the guy out of Brooklyn that brought all the gangs together. I would never have read the Bible cover to cover. And by the time I got through James, I went and tracked him down through his brother. And I'm like, why are you doing it? I was so angry. It was so hard. And he's like, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That was kind of like, that was it. I go, I go, I didn't, I couldn't answer the question because I didn't understand if, you know, yeah, I do. I know he died for my sins, but my sins are more because I have mortal sins. I, you know, there's not enough Hail Marys in our fathers. And I got purgatory because grandma lit candles for me. That's how I did it, you know. And then Jana being the good person growing up, I could have a conversation with her. That's what really just cemented because then we sought spirituality together and then we split. It's kind of, it's here, we're here. So it's all part of the journey. All right, let me fill in some blanks. Okay. What was the Catholic high school you went to? I went private, uh, all-boy middle school called Chaminade. A friend of mine's dad used to own the Cardinals, Bidwells. And he was a friend of mine I went to school with. And and I think that his family paid so I could play football and hockey. I played on the varsity hockey team when I was in seventh and eighth grade. And I was a good hockey player. So it was, but my school, we couldn't afford it. But I went to one of the most expensive schools and somebody paid for it. But I've been very lucky that way. Mm, what was the high school? St. Louis University High School. I was Jesuit, all boy, Catholic. I, I went and played junior hockey. I, I left in what would have been my senior year of high school. I left, went to play juniors with, in Des Moines for the USHL. And that's the year I got drafted pro. And then I got scholarship for college. That's so it. were you playing major leagues when you were in college? No, after I got drafted, I played four years of college. And then after my last game, I signed my first pro contract and I went after that. Went to uh, Quebec, played in Montreal and Sherbrooke and Winnipeg had drafted me. So then I went and played there. So I lived in Moncton, New Brunswick, Winnipeg, Manitoba, got traded to Vancouver. And then I retired playing in Milwaukee. I broke my hip and it was done. And it was like, wow, what am I going to do now? You were 26 then. Did you get married the first time? When I was 22. Wife? My first, no kids with my first wife. She was a Victoria's Secret model and I was a hockey player. We were married for two years. Friend, she lives in Florida. She's married to a doctor. She did good. 
And then I met lady named Danita, who is my son Tyler's mom, my 29-year-old. I'm going to be a grandpa in August. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> the word proud for him is just so not even. And then Marianne. Danita, well, how old were you when you met married Danita? <laughs> I was uh, 27. And then, and then uh, Marianne. Marianne. And then the, I had James the third. I pray for him every day. Yeah. He's so a genius. Yeah. When were you married to Marianne? 34. How long were you married to Danita? Six years. And then Marianne, 15. You went into the car business, finance and general manager after hockey? I got into the car business. I had started in the car business because I lent a friend of mine money and he went bad on the debt. In order for me to get my money, I had to go work at the dealership. Then I sold it and then I got my money back. So that's, I went right after that. I was going to go to finish law school. I went to John Marshall College after that's part of UIC and I was going to get my law degree. And then I was like, man, I can make too much money in the car business. I'm not going to do that. My father went to his grave angry at that. Because he's like, <laughs> I was the first one. You know, they all worked. My whole family worked for Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis. So. Oh, really? Yeah. If I didn't leave St. Louis, I would have been dead in jail or working for Anheuser-Busch. Because I grew up, uh, I lived in like Ferguson, Florissant area. When I played baseball and football, I was the only white kid on my football team. And, but I was the best athlete. So I could play in a Mr. Penny. Trust me, they didn't want me on the team because I was white. And Mr. Penny's like, you people like to win. And he's the best athlete here. He's playing and he lives on your block. And then my dad did the refrigeration for the hockey rink. And I was able to go to the rink and play and skate for free, get A's in school. I'd skip school all the time. I'd be at the rink. Then the blues players, the old guys used to call me the pup because I was always a runner. I could walk there, I'd skate, clean the rot locker room, do the stuff. So, but I, was, I loved that. They wanted me to stay because they didn't want me to get into gangs. They didn't want me to. My oldest sister, who raised me pretty much, I saw all the good concerts with her. Like she was a biker. <laughs> she was a biker. She, her boyfriend was one of the guys in the River Rats, which was like the Outlaws or whatever biking. So mm. they did security for yep. outdoor concerts all the time. So I got to see Janis Joplin, Led Zeppelin. So I saw would go to all the concerts with them. I learned way too much at nine years old. As you get older, you realize it. I mean, Janet Lynn, she cried when she started hearing some of the stories. So just you kind of get it. We were asked a question, we had a counselor, and they're like, when did you lose your virginity? And when I came out with it at nine, I never understood it, because I, I didn't think there was anything wrong. I didn't know, because I, I knew it felt different, but this was my friend's mom. Babysat me. My mom was never around. So the only person that You ever didn't knew, know it was sexual abuse. No, but also I also knew at that young age that I couldn't go to heaven. That's just a fact in my heart. And and when Jana, we were, I mean, never forget, she just bawled. It's just like, wouldn't have let that happen. Like, I never understood that. Different types of abuse and things. I was in survival mode as a little kid. So it was always, I never thought that any of the promises here were that I was eligible. And I still walk through that today, but I'm grateful. I feel the spirit, we're here and I've been on a journey and I've, I'm here to be alive. There's a story for, by my hand, I would be dead. A friend of mine had opened a book for me. Some people along the way, some studies when we were in Huntington Beach and, and Jana. Jana helped me find my heart and seek the truth further. I was a truth seeker always, but I never understood. And But I always went to church. You know, the thing that I hated that I didn't have my sons go to church with me. But now Tyler, he was baptized. <laughs> Man, I mean, that I gave him my study Bible that I had in Colorado when I was off the grid. And 
he's married and he's doing things. The word proud, he's just such a good dad, you know? It's just, that's like the coolest thing. When did you meet Jana? First time I met her, she was working at the Infinity dealership. Our dealership was, a, I was at Nissan. And I met her and I remember that she was there and I remember seeing her in the back of the room and I just, stunning. I was like, whoa. And then it's probably a couple months later, I'm like, I have this guy, customer that was from Nogales, fluent Spanish, nobody can, I'm like, I'm like, listen, I need to get somebody. My uh, used car manager said, hey, we got a gal that speaks Spanish fluent. So I said, here, just, just come. She's got to interpret because uh, you're going to lose this deal. I'm, I can't make sense of this guy. I'm like, you got to say exactly what I'm saying. Do not change it. Don't ad lib it. This guy, he's smart. And I think he knows more English than he's letting me out to be. So she's speaking. She's talking. And she's doing, I don't know if she's doing great or not, but I see him. and He likes her. Finally, he's like, I write on this piece of paper, I had a little sticky, and I'm like, that is so sexy. It's exactly what I wrote on the thing. <laughs> she turned beet red, and she didn't miss a lick. She just kept translating. She's just so cool. <laughs> that was when we first started talking, probably a few months, and I didn't know. I thought she was, she was dating somebody else or whatever, so I didn't talk to her, and then uh, she quit. I was pretty hammered. And going into the gym, and she was in a gym <laughs> working out. She was, oh she was always training. She worked at the gym, and I went in there half in the bag. And I was going to go to Houston to see my sister Jackie. And, uh, she had coronal melanoma or ocular melanoma. Just died last year. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So she drove. I said, I, I, I got to drive to Houston. She's like, you can't drive. I'm gonna drive to Houston. What are you doing? And she's like, you know what? I'll go with you. We drove to Houston, 18 hours. Talked, got to know her. I knew then that I was in love with her. We were married a couple of years. It was kind of hard. She she was married, and that's her story. It's just, but she had her daughters. I'll marry you. She didn't want to get married. She's like, I'm not gonna get married again. I'm like, well, you can't do this because now they, they all they'll all hate me if we're living together. We're getting married. I, I think I forced. I don't know for some reason I thought I had to be married. I had to be married to be living with a woman. There's no books that say how many times, you know, I would, she was four and five. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's not stuff in books about that. You know, it's like, I can't fit in a church. <laughs> They're all going to vote me out. I can't come here no more. I like our church. <laughs> so like two years you were married? Yeah. And uh, it was crazy. Jana was going through a lot of things. I was going through and we just had such passion in so many ways. And we had so many outside things hitting us too. Craziness, you know. And then I got sick. I did the CT, they found a tumor up on my pituitary gland. My family's history, I thought I was going to die. I didn't want her to see me deteriorate either. I didn't want her to go through it. So I kind of, I pushed her out, pushed her away. I said, I can't do this. And by the grace of God, I always prayed. She sent me a Bible that said, here, seek, seek God and you'll find me. I still have that Bible. And it sits right next to my bed. I prayed for her happiness. I think I heard that she was dating a guy, which she was, this big old dude. It's funny. She's dating him in Hudson, and I knew he'd take care of her. And then uh, I saw a picture on Instagram. I went out to Colorado. I was off the grid, built a house, spent a lot of time alone, nature. Um, it was the coolest thing for me, um, and that's when I got right. I think probably the first time I heard the Lord speaking to me through Scripture, through Scripture. It wasn't now just reading it, words. 
scripture spoke to me. That's probably when my light went on. So March 18th, 2021, you got remarried and baptized, right? Well, I was baptized in the ocean and when we were first married in Huntington Beach, California. Jana was baptized in Huntington Beach too. We had a, Andrew Shea did a series called Realmans Come and Die. It's Come and Die series. We were mobile. Like I used to set it up and put all the chairs. We'd have beach services. We were in church. Then we went to a senior community. Now they have an area, which was a senior center. But that series in the Romans and going through Romans saved my life and gave me tools that I I didn't understand. I got angry because everything went south and we broke up and I was sick. And it was like I came under attack, physical, mental. Me and God had some tough conversations through that period and I was all over the place. But I went to Colorado, built my place and decided I got to get back to do something. Some guys that ran dealerships that I worked for said, hey, we need some help in Indianapolis. Guys, I don't know what I can do. I was on so much medication. This is important too, is after I did my treatments, they had me on so much different medication because I had six concussions that I knew about, not counting the times I got my bell rung. I fought, I fought for a living. And my father was six five and was very free handed. Who knows? But I mean, I was taking about 10 different pills and I was watching a Criminal Minds. I love that show. And Spencer's in front of this cabinet with the little blonde girl that he loved. And uh, they're going through this medication that just killed 10 people. And five of those medicines are in my medicine bag. And I'm like, I can't take this anymore. And then my nurse practitioner at KU Medical said, you got to go meet my son and his friends in Colorado. They do RSO oil for cancer treatments. They deal with PTSD. So I went out there and it's a lot of, there's people out there running from the law. There's people out there that just were tired of the world. And, but there's a lot of geniuses out there. And I learned a lot. The main thing was I'm not taking any of these pills any ever again. I felt better, but when they do surgery on you, you're taking medication, you do a lot of therapy and counseling. And I had a great counselor that I went through and got to realize what was on me and what wasn't me what I was responsible for to fix, what I had to let go. And now I can't even call her because she doesn't practice. She had a baby. You know, I wanted to say here, I thank you. Her name's Tanya. She was phenomenal and she wouldn't let me off the hook. And she helped me work with stuff. And you came to Columbiana for the Ford dealership. Mm-hmm. Are you, you're not there anymore? No, no. I came actually. No, I was. I didn't come out for the Ford dealership. Todd Long, who runs Nissan, said, hey, I need a GSM out here. And I said, you know what? I'll come out here. I'm not. I was in Indianapolis and Easter weekend of 2021 was when Jana and I first saw each other. I mean, we came out here to work for Nissan. They said, here, take Columbiana Ford. We need somebody. Well, I didn't realize they had eight people in there in seven months. You can't be fixed how they think that it can. But we found this place. We love this place. Area. We went up to Berea the other day. Uh, we went to Lisbon Rodeo, which was awesome, and the fireworks. <laughs> and last night at the fireworks, they were phenomenal. Just, you know, you guys, I mean, we got, this is a cool place. And you got good spirit here. I always say to Bruce, I want what you got. Because she always smiles. He always seems happy. But I mean, you know, he just always just kind of flows. Chris is a trip because I like talking to him. Listening to Mark's podcast, I'm like, He's a trip. You guys are a trip. I'm like, you know, it's like I actually feel pretty good because I'm like, hey, therefore, by the grace of God, go I. You know, that's Uh, us, baby. uh, So 
It's cool. It's where we're supposed to be. Everybody's like, are you, where are you going to go? Are you going to leave? Everything. Well, we're just going to up and move. We have. We're like, now. We said to each other, we're going to get our licenses, eight-year licenses. We want to live one place. We want to plant roots. That's what we want to do. And neither one of us have lived here. We kind of came here and experienced it together. And we have more of a community feel about this place with our neighbors. It's just a cool deal here. We'll find that piece of dirt that I can throw up a house and then, then that's fine. That's all. That's really what I want to do. She wants to go work at Freshmark or do something. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I love it. Did you get like, a job there? It's like here, we both got so many, to, we're smart people and we're like, mm-hmm. we cannot get a job anywhere. I said, baby, I'm going to have to shave my head. Oh. I'll shave my head. I said, Maybe I'm scaring people. You know? <laughs> She's like, no, you won't, Husk. I said, okay, I won't shave my head because I'm still afraid of her. So that's us. That's a doozy. I'll try to I don't know how we wrap do that up in the bio and then I'll ask the questions. Just say, hey, hey what's up? <laughs> okay. Got any questions? Like what you guys do? Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're very kind. Thank you. Thanks. It's fun. They're nice. You know, you get to know people. I was like reading. You do. Um, like Christian going through, you know, he's a cool guy. Yes. It's funny because I just said to him, I, I like one day, I was like, I, I miss, really missed you. When I, when I didn't see your keyboard, I just want to tell you, I missed you. It's just, yes. He does a phenomenal job. He's I love amazing. that. He, he calms my heart many times and doesn't know. You know mm. Just like listen to his things. It's, How old are you now? So full. 57, going to be 58. You and Jana have known each other for almost 10 years. And the nice thing is, you know, we have a ministry that we don't even realize. It's kind of like people drawn where just yeah. people talk to us and we listen and we talk and it's like I don't, I, I can never judge anyone. And there's something, there's, for some reason now I can be a vessel. I never thought I was able to be a vessel. I can be a vessel in so many different areas. Go back, there's a lot of people that I think have that same belief that I used to. Mm-hmm. And they may be sitting in the pews. They may in our chairs at church. And man, you know, we can. And I get to find that in Colombiana. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of stuff and we've done a lot with our spiritual growth here. I think that's probably the coolest thing about this place, our spiritual growth. And we're both truly just it's there. We're just recognizing it. It's been there. Just didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so good is that that's why people can talk to you too so easily. And I feel like you attract that because people feel that. You're just saying, like, I can't judge anyone. I don't judge anyone. When you guys walk into a room, you get that from the two of you. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's like it used to be... And, Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Jay Elizabeth. Oh my gosh. I have to like process every time you do this. It is, it's L. Catherine. Did I do that right? No. It's L. Catherine. It's no? Catherine Lauren. Oh, it's K. Lauren. Hello. And we are oh here gosh. with James Philip Huskin Jr., aka Jamie Huskin or yes. Husk. Yeah, or Husk. Yeah. Oh, really? Jay. Janet calls me Husk. I answered a Husk. I haven't so heard that. We're so happy to have you here tonight. Thanks for being willing. Yeah. You you are new, but I know you've been listening to the podcasts, mm-hmm. and so we're, we're thrilled to have you on here. Thank you for having me. Jamie was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. He's a Catholic boy. He went to Catholic schools mm-hmm. his whole career. Graduated from St. Louis University, which was an all-boys Catholic school. He played baseball, football, and hockey. Correct. 
He was on the varsity hockey team when he was seventh grade. He grew up in a rough neighborhood, had a rough experience, went through abuse of all sorts. When he graduated from high school, he got drafted for junior hockey and he played for the University of Illinois in Chicago for four years. He was the captain of the hockey team. And after college, after his degree in business and political science, he got drafted as a pro. Getting drafted pro helped that. And then I got a went to a Division One college and got a degree and signed right after and with Winnipeg Jets drafted me in 1983. And then I signed and uh, went and played in Sherbrooke right after my last college game. Played uh, four years professional. And then I broke my hip and I retired. He got into the car business. We'll tell you about that later. Mm-hmm. Jamie has been married <laughs> before. I, yes, yes, I have. God is a redemptive God, though. Jamie's also going to be a grandpa pretty soon. His son Tyler's wife is expecting a baby in August. (laughs) He met his fourth and fifth wife, Jana, (laughs) when he was 48 years old. They were married for two years, had a crazy whirlwind of a relationship. He got sick. He pushed her away. He went to Colorado, off the grid, built a house, got healthy. And they met up again because he commented on her Instagram, and that sparked some interest. Beautiful picture she had on there. I said, beautiful, underneath it, and she called me. Next thing I saw her cell phone. The Instagram post was from March 18th, and that's when they started talking again Mm -hmm. in 2021. Mm -hmm. They got remarried in August, Mm -hmm. and their life has been on a whirlwind. They moved to Columbiana, Ohio Mm -hmm. for a job. With uh, Nissan, Boardman Nissan. And then I ended up being the general manager at Columbiana Ford. That didn't work out, but they are here and mm-hmm. they are loving it. They've been at the upper room since they came. How did you find the upper room? We were looking for non-denominational Christian churches. And our church in Hudson, Wisconsin was a C3. Matt Anderson's the pastor. Did a great job. Loved his fellowship. Loved their worship. We went online And because of our proximity to the church, we live a mile from here. The first church that popped up was Upper Room. We went, okay, let's go. And what we wanted to have, a a Bible-based Christian, good worship, and people that stayed within the Word. We didn't want a Dr. Phil show. And we we had a lot of tough times trying to find churches that we really just wanted to sink in and be part of and, you know, grow with. And we found it here. And so it was the Thursday night before our first Sunday. And you were actually the first person to greet us. I remember meeting you guys that day. And you were very friendly. Fellow tall people. Yep. No, and and, and it was very engaging. You were phenomenal in in worship that day. Thanks. And you were even struggling. You had a sore throat. The song selection, it all fit. And uh, the Acres reached out, met a bunch of people that had uh, missionaries staying with them from Guatemala and Jana was speaking Spanish with them, with Millie. And it was just, it was like right away we were like, okay, this is... Felt like home. It was Mm -hmm. so easy. Our move here and transition here was easy. It was too easy. That's crazy. So we were just like, okay. You know, and things, you know, when you hear all these things didn't work out, it was all part of a journey, Beth, just so you know. It was like (laughs) I was growing a long way. Yes, things didn't come out, but things didn't work out. But persevering, you know, keep stepping forward. And uh, like that reckless love of God, he never gave up on me. So Mm. we're excited to have you here. 
Yeah. Thank you. In Colombiana, you guys say Colombiana. Yeah. <laughs> I never say the words right. Jen okay, is listen, the wordsmith. She's if you're going to live there. here, you got to say it right. Let's practice. Colombiana. Yep. Oh my very gosh. Good. Yeah, very good. good. The accent and everything. <laughs> you can stay now. Colombiana. The nicest place in America. <clears throat> yes, it is. So tell us, Jamie, who or what turned your light on? I think that the original spark was a good friend of mine, Iggy Kafaro. I always say he we practiced breaking the commandments together when I was playing hockey. I mean, and he handed me a Bible and and he was he was doing street ministry at this time. And we had split. I hadn't seen him in almost twenty years. It was just a funny story that he came in. He had long hair and. Some of the guys that worked for me, I was running an Infinity dealership when he brought me my Bible. And the guys were laughing, hey, Jesus even brought you the Bible because he looked <laughs> like it. And they're like, well, are you going to be able to read that at the pub? And where you going the way home? And But nobody else in my life would have been able to hand me a Bible and me to open it and read it. I respected him. So maybe that's the first time the Spirit came because I opened that book and read it. How old were you at the time? Oh, 36. And I started going, I, I went to Catholic church, but I didn't think I was eligible for the, the promises that you get. And I couldn't have communion because I was divorced. I liked the sacraments. That's important to me now. So I started going to Christian non-denominational churches. And uh, my first church that I went to really was a church called Eastbrook in the north side of Milwaukee. I love the praise and worship. We did scripture. The, uh, that's when uh, praise and worship became very important to me. Probably the first time that I can say that I had that feeling of a song that, and I had that warmth. That was the spark, and that's been a twenty-year hmm. journey for you. What Absolutely. What's happened since then? Like you got handed the Bible, and it became something different than what you had grown up with. I think I'm um, reading it. it took a long period to, I don't know if I ever wanted to make the changes in my lifestyle that would uh, keep me in line. And then I, I used to rationalize and say, well, it doesn't matter anyway. And God spoke to me in different ways. I used, I used to always tell Janelyn, you are my world. You know, I don't say that today. She's the most important person on earth to me, but she's not my world. Mm. I had to be humbled in that way and have my heart right to where I could receive love, give love. Trust is a tough thing, just from a young age for me, in anything, and then trusting in him, trusting in her, trusting in you. And it, I, it was hard for me. I, trust is hard, and once it's broken. Sometimes I think that people think of me, how my mind thinks of things. You know, I've had people say, you say whatever's on your mind, and there's sometimes that you don't have to. Your service was so enlightening. Thank you for that. That You're was welcome. awesome to go through, the power of the words. And I have a powerful demeanor. My words are taken, so I have to be very careful. Both Janet and I, our presence, that was hit home. So and I don't know if she's told you, but thank you. Thank the you. The Lord spoke to me that day. That's what's different now. 20 years, I'm getting wiser. Romans chapter 8 just hit so much for me, and I'm learning to trust in things. And it's still hard. It is hard for me. The situations. It's now it's not as much as people's trusting situation. Now today we don't have we don't try to go through life with a plan B. We stay with plan A. This is where we're at, what we're doing. And, and this is a journey. Here, we're in Colombiana. Two <laughs> wait, very wait, educated wait, people. Wait, what is that? Of Colombiana. <laughs> oh, yeah, Colombiana. Yeah. Oh we're in Colombiana now and, and, and we're two educated people just looking to see how we can make a difference in our community. 
it's important to us. So that's so good. You know, we're looking for that, and and we're learning every day here from people. What was the switch for you? You know, you said you heard the word, you were going to church, but you weren't ready to give up mm-hmm. your lifestyle. What finally made it so that you could let go of the world and cling to Jesus? I've had some losses of family members that I wasn't sure if they were in heaven. And my place I built out in Colorado was Purgatory Ranch because I could just go out there and uh, and I was there and alone with nothing. You get right with yourself. I had two birds that would fly out and then at the same time heckle and jekyll, two ravens and I could hear their wings. It was so quiet out there. It was just a beautiful thing, but they came every day. Seeing nature, nature was part of it. And I never understood that. Jana's nature was her thing with me. I never thought nature was something. Now I'm listening to bird calls. I'm talking to Greg yesterday, and we're looking up birds, and he's got different colored woodpeckers. and different. <laughs> I'm looking at We had a turkey walk up, and I'm like, this is awesome. That's just uh, God saying hello, and it's every day here. Mm-hmm. It's just pretty cool. And I get to see it. I'm lucky, you know, so that's all. It's a gratitude to have this and be here, whatever the situation is. I failed to mention his hobbies, but he's got a lot. Fishing, mm. boating, golf, motorcycles, and music are all things he mm. enjoys doing. And birds now. Add that to his list. Yeah. We've checked out books at the <laughs> Columbiana Library. As there a great to learn all of our birds. It's <laughs> awesome. So tell us, Jamie, what lights you up? You know, I think just seeing people, I was talking to you guys earlier, watching Jana talk to people and have the engage and watch their faces, just uh, seeing somebody smile and helping, being of service to people. It used to, I used to be about me. Mm. It was about me 100% how I felt. And now it's like what to do something to make somebody feel good. So doing good that way and watching the results of the efforts, go over to help somebody move and that are struggling or we like I planted blocks for my neighbor they got blocks because they somebody gave them a barbecue just to do it and to see them smile and to be that the good there's too much going on now in this world 2022 just a crazy place I was thinking just to go see the good things like watching the people play at tonight at the fireworks 12 year old kid playing with his dad my son telling me about what the fruit is that his baby is at this point in time in mama's belly um (laughs) having him talk about scripture Mm. ask about it and that's really neat you've said your younger sister has found christ as well and so you know even though you didn't the three of you your son and your sister didn't grow up like that you're all experiencing that at this point of your life where it's a connection that you can have and share yeah and it's cool it's like i my little sister, she believes in her heart that she's saving me, which is good. And I love that about her. I mean, she does, and she's learning. And my son, there's a lot of good young people. Like, that's one thing I love about this town is talking to the young kids of this town. Like, at the Generations Coffee Shop, you go, and everybody knows everybody. And you see people at three different places, and they uh, <laughs> it's and they all know you. It's like, I live in Mayberry now. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody knows you. So we can't hide. Long, tall, white-headed guy with a ponytail. I kind of stick out a little bit, too. So <laughs> everybody knows us. And but and all those kids, I mean, just seeing all these, these young people, and they're artistic. And it's a pretty, this is a really cool community. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want my kids to come here to yeah. our perfect world to have all of our kids out here in an, in an area you know we can have a commune that would yeah. be Jana's perfect world you <laughs> yeah. know it's a good energy here mm-hmm. and we love it 
And we hope that we can put our energy out and help make it better too, in some way, shape or form. It's fun to see people move into the area and, you know, you thought you were coming for a reason mm-hmm. and God did the switcheroo on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now <laughs> it's so fun to see he has you here. And maybe the reason why you're here right now, what didn't have to do with work, but it had to do with your spiritual life and your spiritual oh, growth. And absolutely. We see that. I mean, we had a... Father a, Sneaky. We had a... Yeah, Father Sneaky. I like that. I'll use that one. There. <laughs> no, they. Uh, we had a block party over by our house and we had about 36 people came that have lived there a year, two years, and had never talked to each other. And now today, people walk up and down our block. Everybody says hello. The older ladies that would grab their purses if they first saw me (laughs) sat there and they saw us with my wife. And they were like, hey, you know, how are you? And they come up and sometimes they scare me because I'm in the garage having a cough and they walk up. Hello, good morning. Oh, their dogs are there. You know, it's really neat. And it's neat to see. And the community, our people all talk to each other now and now we'll have the other side they'll be invited we only kept our block now we'll have the second side come over next time we'll have it you know and Jana had it all set up so but it's just that everybody's saying hello so good you can go out in town at the fireworks we were in Berea on Sunday we drove up there and there was a lot of people there nobody was talking to each other this is where we're supposed to be. We like the area, the climate, the, you know, it could be a little more sun for me sometimes, but. Um, <laughs> it makes you really appreciate the sunny days the, we do have. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we can never walk out and not have a, a conversation with people mm-hmm. and, and everybody's open. Some of the people, maybe that's what we're supposed to do. You know, have, right. a minute, have some people that we can go out and reach out and see. Because here, Jesus reached out for me. I mean, that's why Paul in the Bible is my rock star. You know, he broke all the rules as Saul. And then, you know, and now maybe I got to be Ananias there and go and <laughs> go to that person that might be a little crusty that nobody wants to approach. Maybe that's part of my ministry. I don't know. We'll see. I found this fabulous <clears throat> quote and I sent it to people yesterday, but just talking about that the faith of Christianity and the walk of Christianity is about the individual, you know, reaching out to someone. It's never about growing larger and more powerful. But if we've lost the vision for that one person in front of us, as simple as that seems, then we've lost Jesus because Jesus's focus is on that one person in front of us. And so I just appreciate so much that you and Jana, I mean, you live that and you really do everywhere you go, whether it's generations or it's here, like the individual person in front of you is really important. And you can't miss that about the two of you. That's Jesus. It's not about like, we got to sell, 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 sell. Even though you've been in the car dealership and you understand that, faith is not that. Well, I think it's important to listen. I think that probably the biggest thing now that um, I'm being taught by scripture, you know, be still, listen, and don't underestimate the words of anyone. There's something that's being said and that somebody will speak. There may be that person. I'll give an example, perfect example of this. I had a customer in Lexus of Wayzata. The lady had lost her son. He was 15 years old. Very stern lady. Did not smile. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a tough one. And so we're just talking. And she started speaking of Colossians. And I had just read that. We, and I'm like, and I start, we start talking. 
we started talking scripture. I've read a lot of scripture. By the grace of God, I can remember and retain what I read. Which is a gift. It is. It is. It's a gift. And we started talking. He left the room. He had to use the restroom. They were buying a $125,000 car. She started talking about that. I'm like, you know, I believe there's a better place than this. You know, I've lost two siblings and my father, and I know that they're in a better place. They struggled in the world. And we were talking. Didn't think anything of it. We finished up. The husband came back two days later and said, I have to tell you something. She has not spoke of him in 50 years. It was pretty cool. He said, I don't know. You just were there and talking. I was talking, hey, I'm here. I just got remarried. I'm happy. Married my ex-wife and never thought that would happen. Today's every day's a 10 on this side of the grass, you know? <laughs> so they're going to tell you. And you. I used to do it strategically. You taught it the art of selling, listening. Into it. Or me, it was how to have control of a situation. Today, it's now it's to come and can share with people from a degree because I've been in a lot of different situations. I've lived a life grateful for it. Listen and talk to them about my feelings. And as long as you speak of truth, err on the side of truth, you never worry about anything. You can go back, I mean, on a resume and look at me and say, wow, Janet, what are you thinking? But she knows that where my heart is, you know, God knows my heart, mm. you know, and listening, understanding, not trying to fix it all. You don't be the expert on it. Just listen. Say, okay. That's really good. So you're passionate about impacting people's lives, and that's really how you've changed in this season, and you're letting your light shine by looking for areas to minister to people. The Spirit is alive right now, and the Spirit is here. I think there's so many different denominations, and I, I would like to be part of getting all these denominations together and getting the men of these denominations together and leading as a bigger force. We were doing a study and reading. Uh, we're both unemployed, so we do a lot of studying and research. So just understand, you know, like, but now it. it's like the, the Bible construction, the different books that were left out and brought back in. And I really never understood. And I'm like, why do I have all these names of these aren't in my Bible, you know, for the Apocrypha? We're studying it. And we, we've been reading each other's psalms every night at our study group. At Jeremy, we've been doing it at our group on Tuesdays. Yes. And it's really cool. A really cool deal. We each read each other, and then we write down what we're thinking when the other's reading it. And I'm like, just think, a Baptist Democrat reading that same psalm with a conservative Pentecost are reading the same thing. So societal, they're enemies. Because David used to root, root, root. Okay, yeah, but kill my enemies dead. You know, yeah. like I, I was like, I mean, I just like, you know, here, let me be victorious. Because that was that those times. But let's get together all these different, the rules. Eucharist, there was nothing in scripture that said I could not do uh, communion. My church said, it. we're here. I mean, I always banked on purgatory and grandma's candles. But, you know, today I know I can actually... I can have heaven, but I can also have heaven on earth. And that's the spirit. That's good. And that's that's why I'm here. Hopefully that I can help be a, a catalyst for someone else to find the spirit. Jesus taught mm -hmm. us how to pray. Mm -hmm. Your kingdom come, your, your will, will be, be done, done on earth 
as yep. it is in heaven. Yep. We we need to be kingdom-minded here on earth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the great thing, we have conversations with the Mennonite pastor about this. So we're friends with the Petersons, Matt. And mm-hmm. so Matt and Chris are always talking about the kingdom and the idea that, you know, that when Jesus was on earth, he would say to people, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. I think in American Christianity for so long, we kind of got stuck on this when we all get to heaven thing. You know what I mean? When we all get to heaven, we'll have this and this and this, but focusing, bringing our focus into the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now, like you're saying, I'll get to heaven, but the kingdom is here right now too. There's a lot of people and there's stuff struggling. I mean, there's things going on in this world. I mean, just be the light. Too many people are watching TV. Just have a month. Just say no TVs for anyone. Just everybody do scripture. Turn Go to the word and let's have conversations on. It. That people would be cool. People still watch thing. TV. I thought well, they just watch their phones. <laughs> I think he's getting to what media news information. Media, yeah, it does any information centers now. It's yeah. all there. You Our know, smartphones. you go on. Like I'm, I'm getting blasted. You know, yesterday because of some of the tragedies that happened. Everybody's throwing their stuff out. Back off. Shut all that off. And then everybody go into a little time and, and reflect. And, t- and it, does, it doesn't have to. We got our 24 hours of prayer, which is going to be a rad thing. Then everybody can go and do that. And I recommend everybody to come. We can have multiple people there. If the time slot's full, bring 10 more people. No, no, they bring everybody bring them and come in. and have You're allowed to invite people to your hours. Yeah. You know, and just say, here, let's just have a time of to eliminate fear from the hearts mm-hmm. of people and fears of the adversary and so many different instruments of that. So all we can do is go out there. I always told people, I said, here, you just be careful how you talk. You never know when it's someone's last day. There's so many people on that edge, you know, and be that point of inspiration to someone. I never thought I could do it from a pulpit. I never thought I had that. I don't have the resume for that. But there are people in need in other places that if I can do that, I'll go to the prisons, go to the jails, go to talk to people. I've done some prison ministry, which is pretty cool stuff mm. to go through. And I was invited. I wouldn't have went. And there's there's people in need. You know, go to missions and do some mission work and little things. You know, Jana used to always make little snack bags and carry them when we were in California. So if she saw somebody on the street, so she gave him food. That's just who she is. Mm. I used to think that was so cool. I'm like, I never thought of that. What is that? Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So tell me, do you have any supernatural stories, any ways uh, that you felt like God reached out to you or something happened that you can't explain? And Which I feel is all of your stories, which of you told that. I would not be here. It was a period of time I didn't want to. I was in such a dark spot. And Jan and I, we had split and... I was full of fear. I was not feeling well. I losing weight. I was done. I was done. I had 15, probably 10 milligram lorazepam's bottle of Jim Beam. I was driving a Chrysler 300 <laughs> and smoke windows. I'm sitting in a parking lot and, and people were sleeping trucks and I drank, I drank all that Jim Beam and I was eating those like candy in conversation to people on the phone. Jana, I had conversation with her, my sons. I, you couldn't even understand what I was saying. And I, I remember, I was like, God, this is not how I want to go. Because I know I did it, but I did, I didn't care. I didn't care. But I'm like, yeah, I can't go to heaven. Can't go to heaven. I got no shot. It's what was in my head. Woke up and my car was covered. I must have been sick. At the church right across the way, 
was Church of the Harvest, St. Charles. And they were having a men's men's group. I was there. I was a mess. And they're like, are you okay? I go, no. But I sat and I went into a men's group. And they were sitting there and they paid for the weekend for me for the men's thing to be with them. That saved my life. I, I know that for a fact. And that wasn't me. It wasn't those men. That was a spiritual thing that mm. here you need to do this. We're not, he's not finished. There's something for me. I've had more gifts in my life than I could ever have asked for, bar none. I am grateful for it. If he takes me today, I'm good. Not true. I'm gonna hold my granddaughter who, uh, their name in their Lenora James. And my so name, I mean, that just cool. tears me. It made me when he did that. I mean, come on, that's supernatural. Seeing three woodpeckers and yesterday, that's supernatural. Holding hands with Jenna, watching all the group of people yesterday with friends and people coming up saying hello that you meet in church and in town. And that's supernatural. That's as simple as I make it today. Hey, I want to be sitting here and all of a sudden the flames come down over our head. I want to be there, man. I wish I was in that room in Axe. I, I would, I'm all in. I always say it and I, I love watching Bruce. <laughs> I wait to see if I'm going to see it come, you know? <laughs> this guy, he just like, sometimes he floats. He's just got my man. It's just awesome. And it, I want that energy to radiate. Mark, he's always smiling. Hey, whatever. <laughs> never seen him not smile. I never seen him not smile. Just got to say, Greg and Marta and just the coolest people. And that's supernatural because that's not normal. That's not normal in my world. Right. What we found here is not what I've experienced, but it's good because everybody's feeling it. And that's a cool thing. And there's a lot of people that talk about the upper room. Some went, some don't, some in the past, some whatever happens, but nobody says a bad thing. Great community. It's, and all of the people, they're still here. People don't want to run out of here. I've been a nomad. I've went, I never fit in. I went somewhere to, you know, I, I ran away from St. Louis and I was never going to go back. I swore I would never go back. So I, I, I lived all over and I was okay with that. But now it's like here, I'm, I've got my family, my friends that we have here and my neighbors and so a good group of people. We're so good. All right. So what's, what's going to happen now? So, you know, like, all right, what is it? What am I being prepared for? I love that. You know, we went into different scriptures. Now we're reading Deuteronomy, which is such a frustrating book. Oh, I'm just say saying, that, fun. Yeah, we're like, we're, that was the laws. And we're just to say that if I would say, yeah, we're here, we're doing this scripture here. And then, but we do it and we look forward to doing it. I think it's so important for people to hear that, you know, you were at such a low place, you didn't really want to live anymore. I mean, no. you were drinking Jim Beam and oh, popping pills right, and right. in a place of desperation where you did not feel you have hope. And you wake up from that and God extended hope to you. It changed your journey. You have a purpose now. And I think people who are feeling really low and it doesn't matter how low you are, there is hope in Jesus. Those men took you in. They took you in, and they they were Jesus to you with clothes on. Oh, they and took a lot of unnecessary rhetoric and showed me grace. And so you need to show those people that you're coming out there grace and, and mercy because it's been given to me. I just feel like you and Jan are both are so refreshing in that way because, and I think, you know, partly it is from experience and what you guys have walked through, where people who have seen one side and see the other side, there's a difference to you. Nope. You know, you are refreshing to people 
you're different in that you come with hope and you come with, this is going to be a good day. Any day on this side is a good day. And the perspective that you guys carry, that's so refreshing because the normal is, is Monday, it's blah, it's work. You come in and say, this is good, man. This There's is... three woodpeckers in my yeah, backyard. Well, they... Exactly. <laughs> this is supernatural. Three oh, yeah, woodpeckers. They, uh, we have gratitude. We're just looking like, what can we do to, to make a difference? It's not about dollars and cents. It's Wait. not about going here, do I want to do this or make the money? Can we go to a different state and work? Yes. Do we want to? No. And so we're just watching. He's an 11th hour God sometimes. Mm-hmm. And But we've been steadfast on everything that, that has been put forth. Anxiety comes sometimes. I think everybody, anybody think that we don't have anxiety, we do. You know what, that's till you just understand what's real, what's not, what you can do about it. It's an educational experience right now. So we learn from everybody around us. Thank you, Jamie, for coming on and sharing your story. And it's so great to have you here in Columbiana. And as much as you guys appreciate being here, we appreciate you and Jana also being here and the life and the vibrancy that you are bringing to our community. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for uh, having a place to come. I mean, we appreciate it. I appreciate you all. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.